Four guys with three decades of friendship, located across two states with one bond. Grab your drink of choice and join the conversation. Welcome to Brotherhood of Banter. What's up, everyone? My name is Edgar, a.k.a. Eddie, and you are listening to Brotherhood of Banter. Welcome and thank you for joining us on our very first episode. But before we go on, let's introduce the cast, the crew. My brothers, are you ready? First, I've known him since the second grade, a computer specialist with 6,000 video games, a fellow TMNT collector, a husband, a father, all the way from New York City, my friend, Lewis. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? I love that intro. It makes me feel more important than I really am. I like it. Oh, man, <laughs> you are important to me. Next, I've known him since the sixth grade, the definition of creative, a father of two and half of the podcast Geekology 101, all the way from the city of Tampa, my friend, Diego. What's up, D? What's going on, brother? What's on, Louis? Hey. hey. <laughs> Finally, I've known him since the third grade, weighing in at 195 pounds of pure <laughs> muscle, a personal trainer, one of the most generous and compassionate individuals I know, all the way from, well, literally down the street, from Miami, <laughs> Florida, my friend, Ricky. What's up, buddy? Five is where I stay, baby. <laughs> People will be proud, bro. Uh, I, so, guys, how you doing? Good, man. Good. We're doing good. good. Been looking drinking forward to my, this uh, uh, episode. Yeah, I'm drinking my Coronita for uh, May 5th. Wow. Oh, yeah. De Mayo. To all the <laughs> listeners out there, Mayo. we are recording this on Cinco de Mayo, so it gives us two reasons to have our drinks. Celebrating our first episode and Cinco de Mayo. So cheers to you guys. Definitely. Cheers to that. Cheers. What are you guys drinking? Besides Lewis having his uh, Coronita, his baby drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not keeping it uh, Cinco de Mayo Mexico themed at all, man. I got uh, some Lafroy Scotch whiskey. And uh, this is about about as Cinco de Mayo as it gets for me, man. Well, earlier I had some tacos. I mean, there's not many places open, you know, with the coronavirus, but we were able to get some tacos and, uh, I don't know, a couple of beers. It's not my favorite nice. drink, but light, but it is what it is with uh, tough times. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, well, I actually don't have a drink because <laughs> I don't, I, uh, I, I drink, but I, I don't drink often because... Because I'm actually, like, allergic to it. What? Really? Yes. 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 Well, I never knew that. I'm, actu- I'm actually allergic to liquor. Like, when I drink it, like, the next day, my mind is just, like, just, like, freaking I think that's just called a hangover. So, call a hangover. Yeah, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, no, because even, look, even, it, it not only happens to me with, um, with, uh, with liquor, it happens to me with coffee. Like I drink, I could drink like literally a teaspoon, and the next day I'm like, like, like my mind is just not sorry, but my mind is just not operating that well, you know. 
Matt, you're reminding so, me. You're reminding me of this character. Any of you guys watch Parks and Recreation? I've seen it a couple of times. <laughs> Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. Wrong, huh? Yeah. Parks uh-huh. and Rec. There's this. There's this one character called uh, Chris Traeger, and the guy mm-hmm. is like ultra ridiculously healthy and he says he has like zero percent body fat or something (laughs) and he he says like the craziest things about his body he's like if i have one ounce of fat it will literally (laughs) kill me (laughs) and he says all these same kind of comments all the time about how his body is like so pristine that it's almost like fragile that anything any little contaminant will like kill him Anyway, right, so you're right. Chris Traeger now. You're the Chris Traeger of the group. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's man, my story. So how do you start your day? I mean, it's obviously not with alcohol. Well, not with coffee. <laughs> like. <laughs> how do you start your day? I started with some scotch, man. Yeah, that's like, the breakfast of changes, right? So no, for sure, I no mean, coffee in the morning. No, I used to, I used to do coffee in the morning. I used to love it, but. It's just I just can't do it, man. I can't. But like do not it even it, not even cafe con leche, like a real light thing. I'm not talking like you know straight colada. Okay, I'll do it on the day. Crack. I'll do it on the day that I'm gonna be off the next day. You know, okay. You know that that's pretty much it. But um, yeah, just I can't even have a little bit of coffee, man, because it just it throws me off. Like not even not even the next day. It's just like later on in that same day, it'll throw mm-hmm. me off. So, yeah, the way I started my day, man, it's like freaking, you know, like just just something nutritious to give me more energy, you know, uh, usually like a shake or thing. See, now I'm, now I'm really sounding like a personal trainer. Son of a gun, man. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to be able to escape that. I know, right? Darn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. Well, I know you know, for sure like, he. Mm-hmm. I know Lewis for sure. He starts his day off with coffee, right, Lewis? That's if you can find it. Actually, no, man. I don't even really drink coffee. I don't really, I don't even enjoy it. But opposite wow. to what? him, mine is like the most unhealthiest thing I can possibly eat. That's usually my breakfast, and <laughs> then because you know, because obviously you know, I'm I'm working from home now. This whole COVID nineteen thing. So I literally get up from bed and I go to the sofa to work, and and that's it. That's my day. And then I come back to bed. <laughs> So all your exercises yeah. in the morning is those twenty steps from the bed to the couch. Pretty That's much. For the sometimes day. I get water, or I use the bathroom, and then uh, TMI. That's, it. That's my day. <laughs> so what do you drink in the morning? Just water, soda. Yeah, pretty much water. Not really soda either. Water or juices, stuff like that. Nothing. Uh, nothing really um, else. No coffee. No caffeine. Like, I'll drink it once in a while, but it's not really my thing, believe it or not. Even though being Colombian, you know, that's kind of, like, disgraceful. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Please hand over your Colombian card, son. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know you, D. I know you start with a cup of coffee in the morning, oh, no right? no doubt, man. A cup. Oh. How does how does D start his day, Mr. The, uh, the I, ha- I get my, uh, I have my, um, what do you call this thing, the percolator, the Cuban coffee maker thing? Mm-hmm. The one that you put on the, on the stove top? Cuban one? Right. Yeah, with that and Bustelo coffee, bro, just uh, the whole – I have one of the large percolators, so it's a tall, tall cup of coffee. I did I did stop about a year and a half to two years ago. I stopped drinking coffee after like um, – after noon, like after midday. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, 
just to test it out because I want to. I was curious to see if it would impact at all how I, you know, how I felt throughout the day and how my sleep went, especially. And sure enough, man, like as soon as I stopped drinking coffee after twelve, um, it, it completely changed the quality of my sleep. I started sleeping much better. I, I had no clue because I used to drink coffee until like right before bed. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. I'm talking like ten o'clock at night. I'd be making myself a thing of coffee. <laughs> And Man. just chugging on that thing. Because I, I was able to go to sleep. So I figured, okay, mm-hmm. if I'm able to go to sleep, that means that I'm, like, tolerant to it or whatever. But that, that wasn't the reality. The truth was that it was uh, uh, it was still, like, disturbing me while I slept. So so anyway, yeah. Right. Definitely love coffee, man. <laughs> oh, man. So you drink Costello, act- which is Cuban? Yeah. But, it, but not the Colombian one? No, no, no. Colombian coffee's too light, man. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. I, I love the, the Cuban style. He, he needs that pick me up, that yeah. tinto, <laughs> liquid cocaine, baby. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, when I used to, well, before this whole uh, Corona thing, I was working at the shop and I was actually doing three cups a day. So Damn. I would have my first cup at eight in the morning, and then I would have my second one like about nine thirty, and then another one at two in the afternoon. And it's funny; it was a normal schedule, but now that I'm waking up at three thirty in the morning, I only have one cup. So, go figure. Mm-hmm. 3 30 in the morning hold on wait wait yeah. don't just go over that why, why are you waking up at 3 30 in the morning man uh because i gotta be at work a little before five so I, i'm not the type that yeah like i wish i could be those people that just wake up like 10 minutes before and they just like don't even shower they just get ready throw their shirt over their shoulder and like walk out gotta leave time for that blow. <laughs> yeah yeah i gotta do the do so you know so <clears throat> i it turns out that I got to wake up, shower, I got to put the coffee on. And I realized that if I just drink coffee in the morning without eating anything, like it just hits me really hard. Like it just messes me up. Nothing bathroom related. It's just like it hits me hard hmm. and my stomach just hurts <laughs> like all day. So, but yeah, wow. Ricky, you remember when we used to hit up Starbucks a lot? Like the one coffee I cannot drink is my very own, the watermelon coffee. Oh, it was really? Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. We took, dude, we went to Starbucks once. And uh, Edgar started, I don't know if you, you had several coffees that day, but um, man, I don't know if I was, I popped out with it and I was like, man, drink the strongest coffee here. And uh, the people at Starbucks, I guess, told him like uh, the watermelon coffee is the, is the strongest coffee. And then, so he had a cup and that dude was wired, man. His eyes were like <laughs> <laughs> wide open. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even get halfway through. All right, guys. So, yeah. so just to give you a little uh, intro into what we're going to be talking about today is just pretty much how Ricardo, Luis, Diego, and myself met. We all met at different points in our lives. So I guess we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll get into it. So see you in a few. See ya. Welcome back to Brotherhood of Banter, people. So um, basically, we want to explain a little bit about the format of the show. Each episode, we're going to start off by just catching up on how our week has been going, um, catching up on each other's lives and stuff from the previous week. Um, And then afterwards, we'll always take a break and jump into the actual topic of the show. Each episode, we're going to have one topic that we're going to be breaking down. And um, today's topic is revolving all around how we met uh, the four of us and what has kept us connected throughout the years and what brought us back together now. And uh, it all kind of begins with Edgar because Edgar is kind of like the friend in common that we all had 
and everything kind of spawned from him introducing each other to each other. So, Edgar, uh, take us back to the 1960s when you were born and tell the people uh, <laughs> who you met first and how it happened, man. Man, that would make me what? Uh, put me in my 60s? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk like an old man. <laughs> well, back in my day. Hey, uh, shoot it. <laughs> so the year was 1992. We were in second grade. Uh, we were going to Devonair Elementary School, for those of you that are familiar with it. And the first person that I actually This was met, in Miami. Uh, it was in Miami, correct. So the first one that I actually met was uh, Louis. He was uh, introducing to my life through another friend, a mutual friend. And one day he just showed up at my door. And <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like He's a package, some. man. Like, <laughs> Some unwanted kid <laughs> up at your door. He, he was just staring yeah. through the window. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Diego, Ricardo. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, uh, welcome. Well, welcome to the <laughs> podcast, Ricardo. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, moving on to 1993, um, it was third grade. I remember uh, the teacher that we had, her name was Miss Patterson. And the reason I remember is because mm. she was so beautiful, man. She was. She was like, this, yeah, this very blonde. Like, she had this blonde hair. Muscular just, like, legs. Great shape. Yeah, yeah. She Muscular ran a lot. Legs? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, she really she, did. She would, yeah, she was a runner, and um, I was just in love, man. I would think I was like Dang, I don't know, ten years old, maybe eleven. I don't know. I kind of started the great league, uh, but uh, yeah, we were in a in a portable, and I think they didn't sit sit us by alphabetical because otherwise I would have been at the head of of the class. Uh, so I ended up sitting. It was multiple desks put together to make one big table, and I remember I ended up sitting at the back of a class. And I was by myself. It was probably like about a month or two months in. And uh, Ricardo ended up showing up with his mom. Uh, she walked him to, to the portable. You know, they said goodbye. And like I said earlier, I remember him wearing you know, blue jeans, his, uh, his white Adidas, his uh, soccer jersey. He was yellow from Brazil. Uh, he didn't have a fade then. He had like a little afro. And, yeah, there was nowhere else for him to sit. So he ended up sitting you know, beside me, which I was kind of ticked off at the time. I just wanted my own space. A place in high school. He was all over the place. Well, yeah, in high school, that's a whole different other story. But in middle school, like, I don't know. I'm not in control of my schedule. You know, I just choose my electives, you know, and when you're about to head to middle school. And I had to start my day out sweaty and then my day sweaty. And that was just uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, so, like, so, yeah. Again. <laughs> well, I don't know. You try sitting in class all sweaty and sticky in your shirt. It's like, but okay, um, Mr. Clean. He's always like to keep clean. And... I was in New Jersey by then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, were, we had PE together. I really don't know why we started talking. I, it was probably over one of the activities that we were doing. And all I remember is bringing up to him that I had just gotten into uh, wrestling, uh, WCW for those of you that are familiar. And mm -hmm. he he kind of passed me over to watching WWF. And ever since then, I've just been hooked to this very day. And we just clicked besides the fact that we were both into wrestling and uh, we both uh, have an artistic side. We, we like to draw and be creative. That kind of what bonded us. And 
that led to him meeting Ricardo one day after school when uh, his mom was just running late or she had something to do. So he asked me to kind of stick around for a bit. And I was like, well, you know, I normally go to uh, Ricardo's house and just hang out there for a bit. So it was cool with Ricardo. Like I said, they welcome everybody. So we ended up going to his house. We did our homework, played video games, draw. And then they hit it off. And, you know, we we have remained friends ever since. So now when we're telling our stories, there's not like random voices is coming in and, in and out. We have the introduction <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, so, I got, uh, I got, I've got some good memories from from that time, man. From middle school, it was um, Arvida, right? Arvida Middle School. Yeah. Wait, did you go to Arvida? Yeah. Oh, you did. You did. Okay. Of course. I don't know why I had in my head that you were in a different middle school, but no, yeah, of course you did. That's right. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You lived like what about Lewis? Lewis, less than a you block didn't go to Arvida. No, no, I, I left when uh, what was it? It was. Uh, Third grade was it? I think it was th- yeah, like third grade was when I uh, um, was dragged up here with my parents. Uh, obviously, my dad got a better job in New York, so uh, we just followed him here. Oh. But uh, yeah, I never went so, to middle school over there. I would have gone to Arvida, but no. So going back to Diego, Diego, you were spitting something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that um, there was. I, I remember spending a lot of time at your house with Edgar. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and not even necessarily like inside your house a lot, but always around there. Like we were always around. We always stopped there, hung out outside, did yeah. stuff there. And I remember one of the things that that I picked up from you was DMX. <laughs> DMX. Because <laughs> yeah. like in six. <laughs> In, in in the summer between sixth and seventh grade, that's when I first started. I, I actually paying attention to, or like figuring out what kind of music I, I was going to be into, and mm-hmm. I and I and I started you know gravitating towards hip hop. Mm-hmm. And but back then I was only like I, I got into a rocker, right? You were a rocker? No, not at all. No, 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 no. I got into like the commercial stuff, you know, the stuff that was sounding on the on the radio, you know, Biggie and Pac and all that kind of stuff. Backstreet Boys and <laughs> no, that was me. Yeah, that was Edgar. He's the one that had the uh, the what were the the people from from our from the nineties? What were these people? That's insane. No man, <laughs> before that, uh, before that, Marky Mark. Oh, uh, he was a Mark part of. Mark. What was the group that he was a part of? New Kids on the Block? Yeah, New Kids on the Block. I remember my mom bought me a New Kids on the Block Trapper Keeper in third grade. (laughs) You guys remember Trapper Keepers? Yeah, man. They kept everything intact. They were organized. Those things were the shit. Yeah. Anyway, so so I I started listening to like the more commercial hip hop. And then you, I don't know if it threw your brother or what, but like you were obsessed with DMX, man. You had like every DMX album that would come out. And... (laughs) And we, I remember several times being in your house, just like listening to the album play of DMX, and that started making me want like a different flavor of hip hop, and it started taking me more towards like underground and stuff like that when it came to to, to hip hop. So I remember you. Every time I think of you, I always associate you with DMX and DMX, <laughs> Dark Man X. Yeah, yeah Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo didn't do it on purpose, but yeah, he's the one that got me into Tupac and DMX. I remember borrowing a CD from him. It was a DMX where he's like all bloodied up. Yeah. And I took it home and I guess I left the case somewhere. 
Man, my dad gave me the bitching of a lifetime. He's like, what kind of <laughs> shit is this? Who is this? Where are you getting the money for this? And I was like, yeah, I was like, that is not mine. But, you know, they never believe you. Tupac, too. That was the other thing, man. You were you you were, you were to Tupac back then, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I used to I used to really like Tupac, man. Was your brother did your brother influence you when it came to music? No, no, no. You really? know, um you know what's crazy? Um it was the neighborhood that influenced me. Really? In terms of DMX, I think I picked it up I picked up DMX in middle school. I picked it up from there. Mm-hmm. You know? Like they were listening to him and I just picked it up from there. Uh but Tupac I picked it up from my neighborhood because I would hear, like, oh. uh, they used to box in my neighborhood. And I could mm-hmm. probably tell you some stories. Or maybe you too, uh, Diego. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so the young guys, they were a little older than us. They used to box in the neighborhood. Right. And so they used to put music out loud. And, they, and one of them used to always put Tupac, you know, in front of his house. <laughs> uh, and, and he used to just blast it, man. Hmm. So... Yeah, I picked it up from from those guys. Yeah, Louis, what kind of music were you into when during the middle school and stuff? I mean, you were in New York, so. Same thing. After moving away, I mean, uh, definitely. Uh... Got an echo suddenly. Yeah. Something. Uh, so yeah, like definitely some DMX, some what else? I mean, standard hip hop, man. Anything we we would have listened to. Up here, you guys would have listened to. There's no, like, there's no, like, oh no, you know, only New York. I mean, of course, but underground where, stuff, but that wouldn't have mattered. But were you into it, or you just kind of heard it from other people? No, no, I was into it. I had the DMX, uh, uh, the one, um, the one where, um, oh man, uh, I mean, the first one that he made, I, I bought that one, and of course, uh, Biggie can't escape Biggie up here. <laughs> <laughs> and um what else oh man just um just all uh, uh, like all the groups from around here man i mean it's classic stuff nowadays <laughs> i remember I uh uh-huh. i remember lewis coming down for uh i don't know if it was like summer or something and uh hopefully you don't mind me saying this lewis but back then like lewis he he wasn't much of a swimmer so he came and i remember my parents they would be hitting up <laughs> I don't think you really need it over there. Is this leading so, to mouth-to-mouth resuscitation? Is that where you're headed with this? Oh, uh, not anymore. <laughs> you just told the end of the story. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? No, no, no. Oh, so, I didn't catch that one. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, he came down, and uh, back then my family was uh, very, like, every weekend it was hitting up the keys. Oh, I remember and, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they was, that was their thing. Hooters on Fridays and the keys on Sundays. So we end, we ended up going, and uh, his mom actually said yes, which, like I said, it was very rare. So mind you, Lewis is against all beaches and swimming and all that, you know. So I, I, I kind of brought him by force just to like you know try something new. So we go to the beach, we go over there. Mind you, he's not like he's not his type of surroundings. So we go there and we're putting like you know. I guess as kids, you don't really put too much sunblock because you're like, oh, whatever, this thing won't phase me. <laughs> so we hang out in the water. We do whatever we're doing over there. It was like a hotel with a pool and the beach and jet skis and all that. So the time comes around when the sun's setting and my parents are like, right, you know, time to hit it. Let's go. So we start walking back and I was like, holy crap. I was like, if you would have met Lewis back then, 
his hair was extremely red. Like he was bright red. Really? And so was so was his back and his chest that day. <laughs> like it was like red on red on red. And he like had hair I'm, over his body or it was like going a red lobster. <laughs> yeah, I mean his yeah, hair was lobster. red and because of that sunburn, it oh, just met. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. you look like yeah. uh what do they call those people? Albino but all red? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing was that, like, we all get in the car, and mind you, he's in a lot of pain. Like, he can't even put his arms down. And we're smushing into the car. So we're, like, in there. And this guy was tortured for, like, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, because there's always traffic there. And, and we just dropped him off at his house, and I was like, here, he's all yours. But yeah, he didn't come out the rest of the summer. Oh, my God. His mom was like, what did they do to my son? <laughs> yeah, I felt so guilty, man, because he didn't even want to come. His mom didn't want to let him, and I just brought him back like a lobster. I was like, man, I was like, poor kid. He's like, never what, coming what back. About, it's like if you think about it, what kid thinks about like uh, sunscreen? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> one of us. That's true, man. Yeah, one, like, now you're putting like two layers, three layers. So one, one big now, memory. Yeah. Nowadays, like when I go to the Caribbean or, or whatever, it's always SPF 100. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It works, Absolutely, too. Absolutely, man. I love it. No problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. So are you going to say, D, what memory you have? That, uh, that I learned how to ride bike for the first time with, uh, with you and Ricardo, which means that I learned how to ride bike when I was 13. <laughs> wow. So uh, set, set the scenario. How did this go down? Um, you guys were always, you, you always had plans that, that required traveling some distance. Right. And, you know, we yeah. didn't have a car or anything like that. So if, if like my, my mom wasn't able to take us somewhere, cause my mom became like our chauffeur for some, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. if, if she wasn't available, it was always a bike thing. And I didn't know how to ride, how to ride a bike. And I didn't even have a bike. So I think like one of you had an extra one or whatever. And, and I was never able to ride it cause I, you know, I just didn't like riding. And then eventually, I forget when or how, but I confess to you guys, like I just I can't ride bike, man. I don't know how. And then <laughs> you guys took it upon yourselves to teach me one day when we were uh, in Ricardo's house. And I remember, man, like I picked it up super quick, um, and I was doing it like going down the ramp of his driveway. And I remember mm -hmm. the feeling when I when I did it for the first time, you know, and just stayed on and i was able to gain control of it you know the, the wind Diego, in my face <laughs> Diego, did you feel like um uh leonardo dicaprio and titanic <laughs> yes that, that's how i felt bro <laughs> that, that's when you had hair it was like blowing <laughs> it's flowing in the wind <laughs> yeah, did you have your ridden bike sense or like i mean did it stick with you or yeah yeah, yeah or, of course yeah. like uh, different periods of time i actually just finished teaching my son how to ride bike and, oh, wow. and I, so, and I, so I taught him the same way going down a ramp. Cause I was like, shit, it worked for me. And the kid <laughs> learned, man, he learned, he got, he picked it up. Uh, he picked it up. It took him a bit, but he picked it up. And, and now he's like every minute, every chance he gets, he escapes to go ride his bike around the neighborhood. I mean, knowing us, I'm pretty sure we didn't have no idea what we were doing. We were just hoping something <laughs> funny would come out of it. Probably. You know, on the way down the ramp. But... And I did fall a couple of times. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you guys were entertained. That girl was yeah, always I'm, a prankster. Um, well, the one, Ricardo was the one that was great on wheels. I mean, skates, bike. He's the one that actually, 
he didn't teach me how to ride bike, but he taught me how to take more risks on it. You know, like we would build up like these setup ramps with wood, and like now that I think about it now, like they were constructed very, like very, very bad. And yeah, we would always yeah, risk we it. Like kids, we would just, man. yeah, man. I wish we could, we still had like those, like I don't know, like those taking those risks now. Now is like you think twice before climbing like a ladder, a three foot step ladder, like you know. Well, because now, but, now if we fall, we don't heal overnight, bro. We break our <laughs> existence. <laughs> No, we, we would just call hey, our mom. Hey, we're pretty young, Diego. <laughs> yeah. We're only in our 30s. <laughs> speaking of yeah. dangerous, speaking of risks, the, the swim across your lake. Oh, that, man. That happened. Damn, we did some dangerous things. Man. We did. I'm I saying so one, of us could, one of us could have lost our lives. Hey, uh, Ricardo, you want to you wanna set up that story? Yeah. You started this, man. Go. Uh, <laughs> what, yeah. swimming across the lake? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, set the scenario, why we got into it, and the outcome of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know whose idea it was. You, man. I don't know if it, it was yours. my idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yours. <laughs> you were the one with the Navy SEAL obsession. So Holy that. cow, dude. I was the daredevil. Uh -huh. Yeah, so freaking, um, yeah, no, no. So I don't know. Like, I just popped up in my head, like, okay, we have a raft, and... Uh, let's... We didn't have a raft. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm getting confused with, with some the, stories, with Richard's was... story we... of flipping around the, the raft. The, the Navy SEAL story. <laughs> Navy yeah, SEAL. I mean, we, we, we did have an inflatable raft. I think it was like yellow or something. It was, uh, I don't know who owned it, but I know we had one. Ricardo, what, yeah. what was it with the obsession with Navy SEALs? Why did you become so obsessed with Navy SEALs? Man, you know what? That's, that's a nice question, man. Um, uh, I don't know. You guys, you guys, none of you have an older brother, right? I'm probably the no. only one that has an older brother. Here. Yeah, the older one with the older one. Yeah, yeah. And and my brother was like a strong influence in my life, man. Mm -hmm. You know, he was always a strong, really strong influence in my life. Uh, we were like, or we're like, let me see, probably like six years apart, seven years apart. You know, and um, so he started working out. I started working out. Then he went into the military. I wanted to, like, when he went into the military, I was like, I'm going into the military too. And I wanted to become a Navy SEAL, you know? He wanted to become a Navy SEAL, so I was like, I'm going to become a Navy SEAL too, you know? He enlisted in the Navy then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He enlisted in the Navy. Um, and to, I think like a year and a half in the Navy, mm -hmm. he started training with the rescue swimmers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the guys that freaking go out there and in mid-ocean and you know have to rescue like a boat that is like shipwrecked and stuff like that right so uh he started training with the with those guys and he did good you know mm -hmm. he went up in rank and while he was there he wanted to take it up another level and he was like man i want to become a navy seal so he started training with the navy seals and while he was training with the navy seals his beginning phase Mm -hmm. He was playing soccer because he loved playing soccer. Mm -hmm. So he was over there playing soccer in the military. And he, he got tripped and he landed on his elbow. And uh, he did, he dislocated his elbow. Uh, so that was, that was pretty much his career in rescue swimming uh, and Navy SEAL. Because those guys have to be in optimal shape. Like they, ha they can't have any injuries mm. at all. So that was my inspiration right there of wanting to become you know, uh, going to the Navy and become a Navy SEAL, mm. you know? So he would send, he like, 
in that process of him wanting to become a Navy SEAL, he would send uh, video. Uh, it was VHS back in the day, so he would send like VHS cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He would send VHS cassettes and of the Navy SEALs, and it would show how they were training and you know when they were in their training programs and everything. So that's where like my imagination started rolling. <laughs> I should do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that and I led, want us to do that. That right. yeah, that led to to us wanting to um, tie our hands and legs, hands and feet, <laughs> and swim uh, to the middle of the lake and back, lake behind Edgar's house, and all three yeah. of us started it. I wonder how did no adults see us and tell us like what the heck are you you know like stop what you're doing? I think my kids. parents saw it. They just didn't care. They were so used to me being in the water. But mind you, like it's December, <laughs> so you would figure, hey, stay out of the water. It's cold. But no, I guess they were just like screw it. Dude, that's a, that's a that's a good question, Diego. Like, how didn't how didn't parents be like? Hey, these kids are out there in the middle of a lake, and yeah, and, and, I mean, and Edgar's parents were like, they were totally cool about it, you know. We didn't even have like floating device. Nothing. All three of us tied up, meaning that if one person started struggling, that you know the other two people weren't really going to be able to help. And and yeah. there were houses surrounding the entire lake. All anybody had to do was like be in their kitchen, look outside their back door, you know, and <laughs> right. see us. I, that was that's crazy, man. But anyway, yeah. So so we did it, and then these two clowns, Edgar and Ricardo, ended up going only like a quarter of the way and coming back, and they left me alone, swimming all the way to the. I don't even think it was a quarter. I think it was like a couple of yards, and we were like, nah, you know, we thought things through, and we we're like, you know what, this is not for us. Uh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, no, but but really though, I really I really think that I felt like I needed to prove myself to you guys, and like that that drove me to 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 go all the way and come back. And it, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I felt like it gave me like it gave me some cred with you guys because you guys were both like <laughs> you were both like you you were both into working out. You were you know we were both into like more, I guess manly shit than i was <laughs> you know i was always yeah, much more of a shut-in i was always more about indoor stuff you guys were always like out there doing some stuff so i felt yeah. like like i needed some i needed some points on the right on and the Diego, physical dexterity right and 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 you were you were raised you know um by your mom right only mom in the house yep so that kind of like makes people understand you know why yeah we were we were more into like more manly stuff and then you were raised by the mother yeah. at the house you know yeah yeah yeah. no for sure that had a lot to do with it and, and honestly that's that's one of the things that that i that i really liked about being with you guys during that time period is that you guys had very different lives to, to what i had and up until that point i moved around so much so like i started off i left columbia when i was eight I got to Miami, spent a year there. Then I went to New York for a year. Then I went back to Colombia for like a year and a half. Then I came back to Miami. Wow. And then back when I was back in Miami, I did fifth grade and then I moved again. So like all the any attempt at like making friends throughout that entire period of time always ended at the end of one year. It's almost like a damn military house, uh, military <laughs> lifestyle. 
And then, well, and then Arvida Middle School was the first time that I ever went more than one consecutive year in one same school. So like, wow. when, yeah, when I found you guys, it was like the first time that I actually got to cultivate friendships for more than one year. And on top of that, you all had dads. And so mm-hmm. it was like, uh, uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, like I, this is the stuff that, you know, thus why I never learned how to ride a bike. Right. I never had yeah. a, my dad to go out yeah. and teach me uh, or to, you know, teach me how to go play soccer or basketball or whatever. So, like, mm-hmm. you, that's why you guys started occupying such an important part of my life during that time period, because you guys introduced me, I think, to stuff that I just wasn't exposed to before. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that, you know, even at the moment where they're teaching you how to ride a bike and now hearing the fact that you taught your son how to ride a bike, you yeah, know, man. it's... It, it's incredible, you know, how far and how, like, you know, what a big difference that made. Yeah. But going back to what you said about, you know, having to prove yourself to us. So let me set this scenario. So like D said, like, Ricardo and I, we were big into working out and it all started. Like, mind you, we we weren't too familiar except for what Ricardo's brother would teach us. And, you know, we would always be training with him, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of running and pull-ups and all that. But it wasn't until, I believe, seventh grade and correct me if i'm wrong when we went out for the wrestling team so <laughs> yeah. oh boy so we go out into the wrestling team the three of us you know like uh, diego and i were you know very big onto wrestling so for us it was like oh cool this is as close as we're gonna get and ricardo was just athletic so he's like oh what the hell so we go to the to the tryouts we go to the training we do the exercise the running the weights you know uh, different type of moves and ricardo and i we were like we were very inspired so we're like bro we got to get big. We got to start working out. We started hitting up the weights. Uh, that's when Tupac came into the picture, DMX, Top Gun. And we were training like we were freaking, you know, <laughs> preparing to be a soldier. So it was a couple of weeks. You know, we were all into it and we were pumped up. And then the day comes when they're like, okay, uh, we're going to go down the list, say who made the team. They go down the list. The three of us make the team. Uh, I believe it was that same day or the day after. They're like, okay, these are going to be your uniforms. So they bring out like the leotard looking like, you know, uniforms. Louis, at that at that very moment, Ricardo and I were like, fuck this. We were like, we are not doing this. We were like, no thanks. Diego stayed on there. And like Ricardo and I were like, bro, like that's where it killed us. Though. We were wow. so manly that we couldn't wear that tight stuff. So we're like, we're out. So the crazy thing was that um, at that time, you know, Diego was like, even though he's the oldest, you know, between the two of us, like he was like, like our little brother. So we would always be picking on him and wrestling and giving him wedgies and like uh, leaving him naked in the pool. Like it was just hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, like the day was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll tell you that story in a bit. So it was too much. I mean, I agree. So, so yeah, so we, we wrestle, whatever, you know, D stays there, you know, we, we stay working out, uh, Diego stays, uh, you know, doing his wrestling thing. So all of a sudden, I don't know what the hell happened. Like from day to day, Diego went from like the cool, casual, you know, just chilling type of person to like a jock. Like he's hanging out with the wrestling team. He's freaking like, he picked up like, you know, some muscle there. And he was beating the crap out of us left and yeah, right. <laughs> like, I remember I remember one time he's like, you guys want to sleep over? Like, he kind of separated a little bit because he became a jock and we were just like, you know, regular kids. And he's like, you guys want to, you know, stay at my house and crash? He's like, yeah, of course. 
So in our head, we were like, man, it's just like the old days. So we started picking on him, whatever, bro. He freaking cleaned the floor with us. Like he was just throwing us all over the place, flipping us upside down. I was like, okay, so I guess the fun ended there. Like no one's <laughs> picking on him. Yeah. And, and he, he stayed with it. How, how many years did you stay with that dude? Like, was it just middle school? Throughout middle school, yeah. Yeah, because then I, I, I hurt my back and I had to stop. It's a shame wow. too, man, because I, I fell in love with wrestling, man. Wrestling was like, it's like, it's like the perfect sport for an introvert because, yeah, you're a team, but you're in the end, it's really just you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I love that aspect of it. Like, I love just going in there by myself and, you know, it being about what I could do and, and and yeah, and then I, I in, in one of the summer vacations that I went to Colombia, um, when I was I don't know fourteen, I guess or something. I I ended up going out for a run with friends, and then we drank aguardiente, which is mm. you know very strong liquor in Colombia. And then this is while dehydrated, so the liquor just the alcohol went straight <laughs> to the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to go play basketball while drunk. And in the middle of that, oh some guy uh, throws the ball to like try to put it in, like uh, bounce it in between my legs. And mm-hmm. instead, I ended up like stepping on it and I slipped and I fell right on my coccyx, <laughs> in my tailbone. Oh, darn. And I passed out. I passed no out. Way. Yeah, I passed out. Wow. And, I, and when I came to, I was on the floor and there was a circle of, pe- of people around me, like, you know, checking to see if I was still alive, I guess. <laughs> And, uh, and then I was in bed for two days straight. I couldn't, I couldn't get up, man. I was in bed for two days straight and I never went to the doctor for it. And then in, during a suicide exercise in, um, in eighth grade in wrestling, um, we were, we were doing this whole chain tournament type thing where you had to like, it was basically like how far you, as far as you could get. It's like an endurance thing. So as many people as you could beat going up the weight classes, you would keep on going and going and going and going. And then by the time it got to me, I beat the guy that came before me, and then I was going up against the guy who was above me, and he was the heavyweight guy. I mean, for a middle schooler, I mean, we're talking about like a you know 250-pound kid. And I I was grabbing him, and I was going to toss him over my over my right shoulder, and my back just oh. gave him a flatten. Wow, dude. And so that was it. That was, that was the end of, uh, of hey, wrestling. Dude. Do you remember uh, Carlos West? Yeah, heck yeah, man. That guy was that, amazing he at was wrestling. Supernatural, bro. That man had a strength that was absolutely natural. It wasn't even based on his muscle, uh, his muscularity. It wasn't based on his size. It was purely like innate. That dude was born with like some kind of superhuman strength, man. Yeah, that yeah. guy probably went far. Louis, were you into any sports in in middle school or high school? Or any activity? Uh, yeah, or um, soccer mostly. Because I kind of, I kind of miss that part of your life, you know, between elementary and then you know, keeping in touch from such a far That's away. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I picked up. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess I guess we're pausing for effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, had, we had a we had a good team. Uh, exactly. We won. We won like counties. We were undefeated senior year. We made it to the final senior year for uh, states. We lost states, but um, it was um, that's pretty much that's pretty much um, what I was doing. And in the off season to stay in shape, I picked up 
uh, volleyball, and I picked up tennis because it was quick. But, you have uh, to but wear tight man, shorts for volleyball? <laughs> not just no. regular shorts. No, but, really uh, okay. but it was good. It was good <laughs> memories, man. And uh, I mean, I could, I could run for miles. Now I, I can walk for feet. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, I didn't know you were in, in volleyball. That's that's something I yeah, didn't know. Yeah, I liked it. I, I always liked it. And tennis because it was quick, you know, like stay on your toes type of thing. And I pretty much just used it to stay busy when I wasn't playing soccer. So uh, once it came back to, like, um, trying out for the team again or whatever, I'd be in better shape than guys who didn't do it. Did you have siblings? So, do you have siblings, Louis? And it keeps you active, you know? Yeah, I have a sister uh, living out in Texas. Um, so a younger sister. Okay. Yeah, 10 years younger. Uh, so she's just she has her life out there now. She obviously got, she graduated RISD from uh, from Rhode Island, and she's What's has a job, so she's all set. Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, okay, what did she do? Mm. Uh, graphic design. Ah, my kind of people's cool. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have to wow. do a, an episode on siblings. I think that'll yeah. be a, a pretty good one to to talk about. Because I, I mean, one thing we do have in common is we all have sisters. Uh, Ricardo and I have brothers, so I think you know it'll make for for a good session. I would, yeah. Man, you know, it's funny that going back to the wrestling thing. I wish I would have stayed because uh, it wasn't too far after that Ricardo and I quit the wrestling team. That you know we kept working out and stuff. But uh, one day going home, I would stay at his house till like maybe eight at night, eight thirty, and I was riding my bike back home. And I don't know if you remember this, Ricardo, the, the day that I got jumped. Yeah, by Billy. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Louis, so I'm on my way home, you know, riding bike. Uh, luckily, it wasn't like nothing big, but I just remember riding my bike. This car, like you know, drives by, and you know, you don't think nothing of it. Just a car driving by. Uh, up ahead, there was like a corner, so you had to kind of turn. You couldn't see what was coming. So I make that turn, and there's at the time there's three guys just standing there. So I pull up to them, and one of them grabs my handlebar. The other two come out. It was five total. Uh, and they're like, uh, I don't even remember what they said. I remember them taking my book bag off. I remember taking my, my watch off. Uh, I had my, my chain, like those thick-ass chains they used to have back in the 90s or 2000s. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and it was in my backpack. And uh, they ended up, like, throwing me on the floor. And they kind of just kicked my bike, like, you know, to me. And they got in the car and took off. And... The positive was that I guess they saw there was nothing really in the book bag. So they just threw my books out the window. So I had a reason not to do my homework. And they took my, my chain, my watch. And like I, I don't know who called Ricardo and his parents, but they were there within like seconds. And they, they found my books. That's how I know they were thrown in the street. They found my books. Um, they were all tore up in pieces. and It would have helped if I would have stayed on the wrestling team. Maybe I would have had a chance. And that was one Three of many bullies. It was wrestling. I don't know, five? Jitsu. Yeah, <laughs> five. It, and it, it turns out it was like my neighbor. He was like three houses down. Like he can see me from his yard. But, he, you know, I couldn't prove it, nothing like that. That was like and one of my bullies. Top. And imagine. <laughs> so it's funny how things just turn around. Wow. Yeah, that was just one of my bullies in middle school. I remember there was this other kid. Like I, I remember going up in sixth grade and. Um, you know, if you well, 
you guys remember that I had like a lot of acne all over the place and it was like to the point where you couldn't even see my face. So I go into uh, into middle school and this, I don't know if he was a seventh or eighth grader. All I asked him was, where are the portables? And of course you're, I guess, kind of a freshman into middle school and he's like, oh, they're that way. And I went the opposite way and he started calling me pizza face. And then uh, in one of my uh, PE classes, he was there too. And he kept bugging me and bugging me and it was like nonstop. So we ended up playing football as one of the activities and I took advantage of that. So we were playing out in the field. Uh, I don't know if it was tag or flag. And um, I think it was like flag football maybe. And he was on the, the opposing team. So I was like, man, F this guy today. I'm going to take him out. And I ended up tackling him, elbowing him in the face. And like, I just, like, I lost it. Like, I, you guys remember I used to have short temper back then. Oh, yeah. And and yeah so like i lost it the kid never bothered me again which led me into my third freaking bully and he was just a bully ricardo do you remember that kid that lived in your neighborhood that richard ended up fighting uh well, gerald? gerald yeah i think it was him yeah it was so gerald. Gerald. there was this other kid that he just bullied and bullied and bullied me so um i ended up telling richard another friend of ours and he was like, yeah, don't worry, I'll take care of it. He skipped school. He ended up waiting for Ricardo and myself, like, after middle. And he walks up, and he's like, is that the kid? I was like, yeah, that was the kid. He's like, man, I'm going to take care of this right now. So him and the kids start going at it. Richard gets his ass kicked, like, horribly. And oh, yeah, yeah, bro. It's hard to yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he ends up getting beat up, so I jump in. I, I kind of, like, body slam the kid, and... Richard kicks him in the face. Uh, I guess Ricardo felt left out. So he grabbed his book bag full of books, and he starts hitting all of us, like just pounding us. And I was like, <laughs> the other guy, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, man, he, that kid ended up with like a bloody nose. He got his uh, his jersey stolen. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, thought, we thought Richard totally had it, man. We were like, oh, no, nah, Rich, come on. We were like, it was like a boxing match, you know. We were like massaging his his traps you know before the fight we thought he totally had it man but th and this guy was like like geeky you know he was like a little geeky so we're like nah he's good he's good and then we 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 you know richard starts fighting and he starts getting his butt whooped man we were like oh my gosh dude yeah he always started then he just never finished it was like a, yeah it was like a constant thing yeah yeah, that's true. You always started trouble, huh, <laughs> Richard? <laughs> yeah, I seem to awesome. remember that about him too. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So, so in yeah, the yeah. in the present, how did you guys stay connected throughout throughout the years? Because I I probably been the most disconnected one. Lewis, I didn't meet you until very recently because we just you know you left Edgar's life in elementary. I entered his life in middle school, and then we really never crossed paths. Until now, um, yeah, it, it was a bit difficult. Like you know, I had um, well, Ricardo's been part of my life, like physically in front of me, you know, forever. Right. Uh, you guys kind of went your own way, so it went from uh, Lewis in, in elementary school to uh, Diego in middle school, and then in high school, I picked up like a whole different set of friends. Uh, Ricardo and I didn't really click because we were like part of two different groups in high school. You know, oh, he really? was more popular. Yeah, Ricardo yeah. was more, he was one of the most popular guys there. You know, he was massive. Um, he he wasn't in any, oh. like, teams or anything like that, but he would hang out with a lot of the jocks. 
and with me, the I just didn't. Yeah, I just didn't with really fit in anywhere. People. So, um, so yeah, I would hang out with like I guess the antisocials. You know, we never did anything school related, and uh, you know, after my getting my car in tenth grade, like I, I, I barely even went to school, skipping too much and all that. But the way we stayed in touch was. Um, I guess text messages here and there. I mean, uh, Ricardo and I, like I said, you know, we were always in our lives some way, somehow. And uh, Lewis, I would just text him from time to time. And I I always make it like, you know, uh, one of my things to like not let my, because you guys are not my friends. You guys are like my brothers, my family. So I only let you guys stray out so far <laughs> to the point where like I reel you back in. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's time to reconnect. We've been out of touch for so long. So with Lewis, it was just like random text messages here and there until the day he told me like, hey, I'm getting married and playing around. I'm like, oh, so that makes me the best man. I was just joking. <laughs> and, and Lewis was like, well, I guess it does. And I was like, uh, in my head, I'm like, is he just getting my hopes up? I mean, he doesn't see my expression, but like, I'm excited right now. Because from my point of view, like my intent was to ask him right but he had brought it up so i'm like well i guess so <laughs> <laughs> but he, that's that that's one of my biggest points like imagine he leaves in after fifth grade he's gone for all this time several years and yet with all the people you met he managed to keep me so close to him that he was like you know what this guy's gonna be my best man you figure by then he would have met you know so many people and he would have clicked with one person that right. was like you know what this guy well, from what I heard when, when he told me, yeah, you're going to be my best man, I was like one of the people up and running because there was somebody else you know, trying out for that position. Ceci, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of his uh, his good friends, Ceci. Um, yeah. she, was, she wasn't very happy that I was the best man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I'll be more than glad to. I'll do whatever I can from here. You know, I'm at a distance, but uh, whatever you need. So um, I flew up there like two weeks before his uh, his his wedding. And uh, I became like his assistant. Like he would just tell me, I don't even know how the hell we got into. He would just be like, write this down. I need a haircut. I got to go get measured. I need my shoes. And I was like, I just jumped on it. I was like, okay, what day? Uh, you got to go to the dentist. Okay. You need a measure. I got the food covered. And, and, man, and it's like, true. It really was like a personal assistant type thing. <laughs> but if you think Slash about him always being, yeah, if you think about him always being so like organized and dedicated to stuff, then it's like it's just a perfect fit, you know, just fit in my mind. <laughs> Very organized. Yeah. Man. So then that's yeah. it. And then we would be playing uh, Gears of War. We were playing that in between right. uh, all that fun stuff, man. Wait, yeah. hold on. How long were you up there for before the wedding? I was uh, I was up there two weeks, maybe yeah, a little one more. One week before and then one week after. Yeah. During, off. And then, I don't know, I think you stayed, what was it, that weekend? Yeah, it was did like two weeks because, uh, what happened? Did you join him in the honeymoon? Uh, <laughs> no, I left before. <laughs> I, I did invite myself, but it didn't work out. I'm pretty sure his wife would have let me go. Like, she was so happy with uh, <laughs> the transformation that I made with Louis. Uh, you know, she would have been like, yeah, for sure, come along. You made an uh, assistant. <laughs> yeah, like, I... I went the week. Uh, <laughs> I know I would have been out on the beach and all that stuff. I mean, they ended up in Hawaii. So, no, no, not Hawaii, Jamaica. What? We wanted to go to ah, Hawaii. Wow. The beaches. Yeah, well, I would have ended up I in the beaches. Regardless, 
How's Jamaica, man? Ah, uh, it's beautiful, man. Water you mean is mon. beautiful. Uh, Have you been there, Diego? Food. Good Have you been to Jamaica? No, no, I haven't. I want to go, though. Seems like a yeah. cool spot to visit. Definitely worth it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a blast. I ended up uh, giving the toast. Uh, I was really buzzed, but uh, it came out very well. Like, it came out good, like the, the whole toast. It was too long, but it was good. And um, <laughs> and then with Diego, you know, we, we would always text. And, like, it was crazy. Like, we would text, hey, how you doing? Checking up on each other, making sure everything was good. But when we actually needed to to connect because, you know, we – we tend to do this thing where like we run things off each other, you know, things that like really do matter to us. Uh, so we would go on for a while, just, Hey, what do you think about this? You know? And like, you know, just like I've told you guys before, when it comes to your opinions, you know, it, it, it does matter to me and I do take them into a uh, play in my life. So we stay connected and uh, he, I haven't been able to go see him, but he has come down here. Uh, he was able to finally come see where I live. Uh, meet the wifey and um, you know just hang out for a bit. He introduced me to his wonderful girlfriend. You know she's she's freaking amazing. So you know I see why he's with her. And yeah, dude. yeah, it was just that bond that huge ass. About ninety percent of the reason. It's just so great. It makes me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean we just stayed in touch. And with Ricardo, like like I said, you know he's just down the street. Uh, before we would see more of each other, we would hit up the gym. You know, he has his studio and stuff, and it was just like a habit. You know, every day working out and either going out for like a deep conversation when he was drinking coffee, and um, <laughs> and yeah, like I said, you know, once we talked to each other, it was like you know, it doesn't matter how much time has gone by; it's, it just feels like yesterday. Yeah, there, there's something there's something special about talking to somebody, especially if you're talking to him about like an important thing related to life. There's something special about talking to someone who has known you that long, you know, even if you're, even if you haven't been consistently, you know, day in and day out in each other's lives, like there is just a trust that you inherently have when you know that that person knew you way back when you were trying to like figure your own shit out, you know, you're trying to figure out who you were as a person, which is really like, especially in middle school, you know, middle school is such a, like a difficult time in that sense like you're really trying to figure yourself out that um you know you guys were there during that time when i was trying to figure out like who am i you know how do what do i think about life how do i dress how do i talk how do i walk how do i what do i listen to what do i do for fun like all those things are just uh i guess developmental you know stages Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like it's you guys were the ones that I shared it with. That's it. No one else in my life has that time period shared with me. And so there's a, a trust there that is just uh, difficult to find in anybody else, you know. And and that's I think that's the reason why I always kept on gravitating back to Edgar, you know, and um, and and touching base and catching up and then talking about life and what we have going on. And um, yeah, it's just a unique thing, man. And it becomes more and more valuable as time goes by. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I really, not that I, I mean, I've always appreciated, like, you know, the friendships that we've had. And, you know, I, I'm sure that I made that kind of obvious. But it was um, in 2005 when, uh, like I said, I went from different cliques, you know, throughout my, my growing up. And one of them was, you know, a good friend of mine for many years. And, you know, we, we were kind of like best friends throughout high school. You know, that was one of the times that I was lost. 
and he passed away you know shortly after that because of a, an unfortunate gunshot to the head and that day it just hit me that i was like you know what I, i'm gonna make sure that every time i talk to my friends you know family's obvious you know my wife is obvious but it was telling my friends that you know i love them and that they matter to me because you know it gets taken away that quick yeah. so so yeah friendships like this you know they they last for a reason i mean like like it says on the in the trailer you know 30 years you know a friendship and yeah. it does matter it does man you know i i was watching uh uh the documentary i don't know if you guys have netflix uh but um tiger talking <laughs> yeah no. that one's that one's very popular right <laughs> but no the the kevin hart uh the kevin hart one the new one oh that's seen that. called don't f this don't f this thing up yeah so yeah him man he um he has like a a group like a group of friends some of them came a little later but some of them i he grew up with and man those guys are so tight man and they all they all work with him like he they would just all hang out right they would all just hang out but as you know whatever he 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 became more famous more famous he he needed people you know you know to work for him and uh and his friends just jumped in and they all work with him and and it's it's literally a like a it's a it's a brotherhood man because these guys have each other's backs you know like when he's you know slipping on something they tell them hey look man you know yeah, uh, you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go far. You shouldn't say that, you know, mm -hmm. because they they have each other's backs, man. It's so cool, man, to see that. I was like, wow, you you, you don't really see that, you know. But but it's so it's so helpful and, and great too, you know, uh, to have all those people around you and, and just have a good time with them, man. You know, it's really cool. You know, one of the things that I love, uh, like backing off, uh, piggybacking off of that point, is that when people know you for this long you can't bullshit them. You know what I mean? Like they, they have people who have known you for, for, for many, many, many years have wow. a way of kind of like seeing through you, you know? So true. So it's like, you're almost like you're just your most genuine self when you're in front of somebody like that, because the, you, you know, like I knew you back when you were, you know, legit you know i i i know the real you like i got to know the real you i've stuck around this long. yeah yeah and i feel like that's that's a imagine for somebody like in kevin hart's shoes man like somebody who has just like the praise of the entire world it can be so easy to get lost in that and that's in that aspect in that persona that he has in the public eye and i imagine that those dudes like they keep him grounded because they know the real him you know like they know they know him in a way that no one else does. So yeah, that's a great point, man. I feel like that's that's it. Like that's the reason why this thing here is is uh, valuable. Mm -hmm. This connection oh, yeah. that that we got going on and that we're building. I think this it's worth. It was when you when you and I reconnected because you know you've been obviously the most distant. Did you feel that I've changed from I guess the time that you knew me to now or recent? Of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, the easiest thing would have been uh, the aggression level. <laughs> like, I used to be really aggressive and get pissed off over random stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and more now you're more, like, grounded when it comes to your control of your feelings type of thing, as opposed to how you were before. You know? 
Incredible Hulk. I felt that too, man. Like when after, because there was a, a long stretch of time when you and I were disconnected, Edgar, and you went to live off in the West Coast, and then you lived in Texas, and then eventually after that we reconnected, and then like hearing, like talking to you after all that journey that you went through. I was like, holy shit, like this this dude legitimately feels like a like a more passive human being. He feels like more at peace within himself. And I was really, really shocked at that because I was like, I, I, I thought that I knew what to expect, you know, when I was when I was gonna like engage in conversation with you again. And yeah. then I, I got taken aback in a positive way. And I'm like, oh man, I felt I felt like legitimately happy for you because man, there's people who go their entire fucking lives with that kind of rage brewing inside of them and it just poisons them you know Mm -hmm. it poisons their lives and it ruins their relationships and it causes them to like damage their loved ones and i was legitimately happy bro that that you um that you conquered that because it just means that you know the people around you the people in your life are going to benefit from it oh yeah yeah it's 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 been a big change definitely been a big change i mean ricardo he saw me at my worst and just a lot of embarrassing moments and like you said, you know, I kind of, you know, travels from place to place and just the jobs, the people, the different environments and the relationships that I've been in kind of like make you see things from a different perspective. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of struggles you know, with that anger, but I'm just conscious of when when I have it, when it's supposed to come out and, and how to uh, manage it. So, yeah, you know, you kind of like learn to just adjust and kind of let things go a bit. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know, change happens, you know, without you even realizing it, or 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 realizing it, you know, it, it can happen either way. Because I know that you know, I've I myself have like gone through a ton of transformations that I'm sure will come up eventually in, in future episodes. Yeah. But um, it, it's just again, it's cool to witness somebody's evolution. You know what I mean? As as a human being. I feel like that's a pretty special thing to get to witness. And if you're somebody who just kind of hops from friendship to friendship, never cultivating long-term friendships, you don't get to see that. You don't get to witness somebody's growth throughout years. And I feel like that's really, that's a really special thing. Yeah. It's yeah unique. For sure. Yeah. I think that'll be, um, it's actually one of our future episodes, you know, overcoming, you know, mm-hmm. we can discuss everything that, that we've been talking about so cool. i think this is a great uh a great stopping point so i guess with everything we've discussed the one thing that we can agree on is that you know uh, friendships do matter and uh you got to stay close to the important people in your life so to that i raise my glass yes, sir. And i i say toast to that cheers uh i appreciate you guys awesome. and i love you and i hopefully you know this is something that lasts for for a while to come and if it doesn't, then all that matters is that, you know, you and I uh, we stay in contact, catch up, and, you know, figure things out as they go. Uh, Great. So with that said, guys, uh, till our next drink, take care. We'll see you on the upcoming episode. And I guess there's nothing left to do but drop that beat.